Because uh, indeed our theme is about light, what do we need in order to see light? Eyes. So this uh, afternoon's uh, reflection on the Word of God uh, will involve using your eyes because we do have some uh, visuals for you in particular. And so uh, let's hope that, that it all works together. Have we got sound now? No, no sound. This thing is switched back. Try There's sound there. Okay. Now let's let's start it again. All right. And just enjoy and reflect on what you're hearing as you're seeing. Without light. <laughs> and we value the light. But when we focus on the light of Jesus, we often just focus on it in a spiritual way, letting it limiting to the, the spiritual aspect of life. And we forget that it is grounded in the fact that God has made light such a significant thing from the very beginning. So I'm going to take you to the very beginning in the book of Genesis. And so this is what we hear from the book of Genesis. The very first thing that was created was light. Light. And light is energy. And God was putting his creative energy into this universe that we now inhabit. Light is indeed mysterious. Those who study it for a living, physicists, will tell you that light is indeed a mysterious substance, non-substance. What is it? It behaves like a particle sometimes. It behaves like a light wave sometimes. There's visible light that we can see, but there are X-rays, ultraviolet rays, infrared light, gamma rays, and on and on. We call that the electromagnetic spectrum. And I think we have all heard the famous equation, E equals MC squared. What in the world does that mean, right? We've all heard it. And it was some uh, smart fellow by the name of Albert Einstein, who early in the 20th century came up with this, aha, E, energy, equals mass times the speed of light squared. Did you hear that? The speed of light squared. And in the early part of the 20th century, there are people who were skeptical until 1945. What happened in 1945? The release of energy from matter in the most spectacular, indeed destructive way. We know of the two bombs that were dropped that actually ended the uh, uh, western part of World War II. 
the Battle of the Pacific. And we discovered that there was an incredible power in matter. In fact, that matter and energy or light were actually the same thing. And does anybody have a baby finger? Show me your baby finger. Choose left or right, whichever one you like. And you see the fingernail on that? Now, if the energy that is actually in your quiet, inert fingernail were released, it would be enough to destroy a city like London or Waterloo or maybe even Toronto. Amazing. The chairs that you sit on, the floor that, that you're uh, sitting over, the roof, everything, energy. I'm wanting you to think differently about light. Because very often we think of it in a rather passive way. And so we look at the lights that illuminate the uh, auditorium today, we look at the candles and we say, oh, that's nice. That's safe. But let's understand that in the beginning, God created what? Light. His creative power was revealed in this. Now, we have the privilege of, through visible light, through our eyesight, to have a portrait on the incredible thing that God has done in all of creation. So I want you to think about that even as we reflect a little bit on the coming of Jesus and his saying that he is the light of the world. Now these verses were read for us already by the narrators. Thank you so much, narrators, for doing a great job. Didn't they do a great job? Thank you for that. And through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was what? The light of people. The light shines in darkness, but alas, the darkness has not understood. God's creative energy brought everything into existence. And so when we reflect on life, we need to think about the creative energy. Because you see, this has immense implications as we think about Jesus. And so we read these verses, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. This is God's creative light. And friends, all of us enjoy whether or not we decide to be obedient to Jesus. But there is an aspect that we cannot enjoy unless we actually enter into a relationship with the one who is the light of the world. And so reading from John chapter 3, we all know verse 16, right? What's verse 16? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but would have everlasting life. And what we read then, subsequently, is that light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light, because what? 
their deeds were evil. Isn't that true? Haven't you experienced this yourself? If you have kids, if you're parents, you know it's true. Okay? Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But listen, whoever lives by the truth, what? Comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what is done has been done through God. We have the privilege of entering into the light. So this Christmas, we have a particular privilege. Now we know that it is one thing to be able to see 2020, to see life and everything else that uh, we have because of life. But Having that capacity doesn't necessarily mean that we can really see deep down inside ourselves or understand the fundamental reality of God. So I want to tell you just a little bit about a lady who was born or who at the age of six months became blind. Her name was Fanny Crosby. And she penned some 8,000 hymns and gospel songs. That's a pretty good record, don't you think, Greg? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many of you done so far? Not that many. Not that many. <laughs> All right. And does anybody know, pass me not a gentle Savior? Or blessed assurance? Or Jesus is tenderly calling you home? Rescue the perishing to God be the glory. All songs that we still enjoy singing. Because you see, even though she was physically blind, she had an extraordinary ability to see the light of God. And Christmas, if you want Christmas to be everything that it can be, that's what you want, right? The ability to see that which is so fundamentally important. Can I see more clearly the light of Christmas? Here are a few quotes from Fanny Crosby. Because we have something to learn, I think, from this lady who spent her entire life blind. If perfect earthly sight were offered to me tomorrow, I would not accept it. What? I might not have sung hymns to the praise of God if I had been distracted by the beautiful and interesting things around me. I think most of us would say, yeah, I want that physical sight, but please, please God. Also, give me the ability to see the things of God. And here, of course, are the words from one of the uh, hymns that we like to sing. Oh, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of the Spirit, washed in his blood. That, friends, is entering into the spirit of Christmas. How about a little bit more insight from Fanny? When I get to heaven, the first face that shall ever gladden my sight will be that of my Savior. Beautiful. <coughs> or the words from another song, take the world, but give me Jesus in his cross. My trust shall be to with clearer, brighter vision, face to face, my Lord, I see. So we sing about Jesus, the light in the world. But will we enter into that privilege that we have 
So Fanny, this is the last one. It is not enough to have a song on your lips. You must also have a song in your heart. And so this afternoon, it's an opportunity for us to actually do a little bit of soul searching, to look, as it were, into our own hearts, and to see where we are, to look beyond the babe and to see the Savior. When Jesus the man was speaking to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, Calvin, if you stood up and said that when you went into work after Christmas, what would they say to you? <coughs> yeah, what kind of stuff did you get into? We need to send you to see a doctor. Right? We understand that this kind of claim is really unbelievable. And so we really only have a, a couple of choices, you see. When we hear Jesus say things like this, I am the light of the world. And understand that it is simply more than visible light. It is the creative power of God that is able to change our life, to give it meaning, to actually break into our existence. I am the light of the world. You remember that John the Baptist was in prison, wrongly in prison, and he became discouraged because he wondered whether or not Jesus really was this promised Messiah, the one who is the light of the world. And this was what Jesus sent back through John's disciples. He says, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. There is something for everyone in the one who is the light of the world. This afternoon, we have an opportunity to reevaluate where we are in our own life journey and to really come to terms with this. Let's see if this video looks like And so this is the one whose birth we celebrate. So the question is, Mary, did you know? Yes, but friend, do you know? Do you know? Here's an opportunity this afternoon to start your journey to the light, or to renew your journey in the light of Jesus. It's your privilege, my privilege, to do that. And this will make this Christmas special. God will bring a special blessing as you simply say to Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus, I want to enter more <coughs> in a living relationship with you. Your Christmas will be blessed indeed. So when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray.
We're thankful indeed, O oh Lord, that you are the light of the world. And so all the power that was manifest at creation, when God first created light, the that is what you have brought into the world. And you brought it into the world of our relationships. And Lord, that's what we want to experience more and more. None of us, O oh Lord, have plumbed the depths of that relationship. There is still more for us to grow into and to learn as we walk through life. And to discover, O oh Lord, so many of the blessed truths that we uh, see and, and hear when we read through the pages of Scripture or when we listen to the testimonies of others. That you are the God, O oh Lord, who can look into the secret places of our hearts and you have promised forgiveness. What a price you paid. Mary, did you know? All the things that Mother Mary learned when those who came to visit spoke about all that would transpire in the life of her little baby. We do thank you that as we celebrate Christmas, we are mindful of the cross and we are mindful of the resurrection, the cross where Jesus paid the price for our sins to establish a new relationship of peace with God and the resurrection whereby we experience his power to go on living. Indeed, the creative power of life in our lives. So we're glad, O oh Lord, to be gathered together as your people in this place. And we do ask a blessing on one another that today, this Christmas, this season would be truly blessed, a merry Christmas, a happy Christmas, because we have taken another step forward in our walk 